Blog Talk Radio. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, yo it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak life.
to our housekeeping things, want to remind everyone that if you do have a question or a comment, you select the number one. If you're listening by phone, select the number one, and we'll pull you into queue by providing the area code and the last four digits of the number that you are calling from. Again, area code and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. If you're in the chat line, you do have to be a registered follower to um, to communicate with us there. Uh, so please do that. If you have not, please do register as a follower of the show. That way you can keep up with uh, what we're doing as far as the show topics and be able to just sign on quickly and from your phone and anywhere. If you're traveling, you can still just kind of pull us up and listen to the shows, uh, both the live and the archive shows. So do that if you have not already. Simple uh, click of the button, just click on follow, and then you can register with using your Facebook account, which is the easiest, but if not, only take only take a hot second for the other uh, way to do it, which is just create your username and a password, and that way we don't really know who you are. You just are a guest and, and by numbers or the name that you use to, to uh, set up the account there. All right, so tra- our trash can, baby. Hopefully we have some new listeners or some of you um, – who have been listening with us, may, who may have not moved their trash can, please do so. We ask you to do it again. I just did mine again, um, this one in my front room, and I have gone back several times to where it used to be. Um, so I'm slowly getting there again, but it does take um, – it doesn't take me as long now. But I do go back the first couple of times, but it doesn't take me as long to get used to it. So we ask that you move a trash can, preferably one that you visit frequently, and in moving it, monitor how many times that you return to its old location. Allow that to help you or to uh, give you an opportunity to think about how how much our mind keeps up with even the most insignificant things as to where you dump your trash and think about how many other things that you are just doing out of routine because it has become they've become a habit to you. This, this is for people, places, and, and, and all things that you can kind of relate to this. But just make it your own. Now, say if you have children, a spouse, someone else in the home with you, make it a game. Make it fun. But also take the time to reflect upon your life to determine what other things am I holding on to just out of habit and just being afraid of change. So let's get right into it. Rodney, anything before we... We go into tonight's topic. I have three things before we bring in this dynamic uh, educator, uh, and I'm going to go in uh, descending order. So I'm going to start with number three. Number three, guess what, Tammy? What? There is no school tomorrow either. Praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So I can do this show. We can stay on to 2 o'clock in the morning because I don't have to get up and work tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Uh, number two, I finally finished writing part one of my first novel. It still needs a lot of work, but I've at least gotten all of my ideas down for part one, um, and I'm so excited uh, about that, and I'm very excited about writing part two. Um, so I'm really looking to, to do some great things with that. I don't really have a date uh, that I'm looking to release the book. I, I want to take my time um, and, and work on that and market it, and uh, I'm guessing that it will be published sometime in 2017, but I'll keep you guys posted. And wow. number one, <laughs> number one, I'm so excited about tonight's show because 
we have one of my favorite educators uh, on with us tonight. I've never uh, seen someone so passionate about helping children, about helping their families, um, especially those families that the world likes to look at and push them to the side and say, you know what, those kids can't learn or, you know what, you know, we we can't help them. But we have an educator on tonight who I had a chance to uh, be colleagues with and to work with over the past several years. And I'm telling you, like, if you saw her in the hallway, you knew why she was there. And it had nothing to do with a paycheck. It had nothing to do with fame or anything like that because if if you know anything about education, you're not going to get much money or fame anyway. But you could tell she was there for those kids. And she had no problem being honest with them, no problem being straight up with them. Um, she had no problem reaching out to their families. She had no problem telling kids, like, hey, you're going to learn this. And so just watching her um, connect with, with, with people was just so amazing. And um, she definitely had the respect of myself and our other colleagues. So I'm excited to, to have her on uh, because I know she's going to have some powerful things to talk about uh, in relation to her book, but just into uh, relation to life in general and education in general. So I'm going to let you go ahead and continue with the show. But I did want to get that out uh, before we got started because I'm, I'm so grateful that I had a chance to, to work with such a phenomenal woman, educator, and just person in general over the past few years. Ronnie, well, I, mean, I, I agree, and I'm, I'm going to let you do the honors because I, I met her through you at the at the summit, of course, and I tell you it was just, it's just like there's a passion, there's a fire, like she just transforms into this <laughs> this this other person. <laughs> so um and so 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 passionate about it and just lit up the room in my opinion, just 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 took over, just took control of the room. And I think that's what people do when they have a passion and a love for something. It is easy to it becomes easy to, to just to deliver the message because it comes from deep down, it comes from passion, it comes from who they are, um, in a sense. So, Rodney, why don't you just do the honors of bringing her in? Okay. Well, without further ado, we're going to bring in our guest, uh, special guest for tonight, uh, Dr. Gladys Coretta, all the way from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, who is now retired and leaving me there struggling. Dr. Coretta, are you with us? <laughs> are you there, Dr. Coretta? I am here. Thank you so much. And as I have told you before, you're not allowed to make me cry because I get wrinkles. And uh, I truly appreciate that that introduction. And then I hope I can honor your words. Thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Corrina, will you go ahead and, and just uh, tell the people about you and who you are and where you're from and your experiences and your education and just uh, any any stories you want to share about your background, uh, anything you want to tell the people, uh, go ahead and uh, just let them know who you are. 
Thank you. My name is Gladys Corretter, and uh, I was born and raised in the most beautiful island in the world. Uh, I have been in education. I have worked in education for 31 years. I am passionate about the children and about learning. I have four children and four grandchildren. My husband is also retired, and we are truly enjoying life here in Myrtle Beach. I am glad that you have no school tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I am in Myrtle Beach. The other thing that uh, I want to say is that this book that I wrote was my doctoral dissertation. The research uh, in the book, it is about homework. Yes, I know that it's a controversial topic. Yes, I know that many parents and teachers and administrators have their own opinions. I am just going to present tonight the research. What those children and those teachers that I interviewed told me. And I'm going to let the audience be the judge. Shall we should have homework? Uh, shall we change? They will let me know. Okay. Anything else that you want me to say? I have a question. I, like I have a question. Do, do you did you did, did the research change your mind uh, or your perspective of homework, or did it? Um, justify what your your thoughts was about homework? Well, I began the research uh, with one idea. Let's, like a crusader, let's go and eliminate homework. But as I talked to the children, uh, I have not stopped my belief, what I believe about homework, but the children did turn they changed my opinion on certain things. And I think what I really want to do is to honor them because we teachers complain that people do not listen to us, but we as teachers do, we listen to the students. And I'm just going to tell you a little anecdote so that you can understand where I'm coming from with this. I always listen to my to my my own children, and uh, my middle son will always say, "Mom, you're not listening to me." And I would say, "Yes, I'm listening to you." And but something is missing, Mom. Yes, something is missing. Now his daughter tells me, "Bella, you're not listening to me." And I said, "Yes, I'm listening to you." And she said, yeah, but you don't obey. So uh, it is not, I am not advocating that we obey the children and the children are ruling. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to listen. Two weeks ago, we talked about uh, the youth in our nation Perhaps if we listen to what they have to say, maybe, maybe they will have an answer 
for some of our problems. Remember that the children will grow into adults. And they will be the leaders of this nation. So we better get ready for what is coming. Did that answer your question? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm going to let let Tammy pull in our next guest uh, uh, because we have somebody on the line who wants to say something, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here real quick uh, while she's doing it, and, I, and I'll just say um, I've heard both sides uh, of the homework um, debate, and you know obviously people can make a, uh, a strong case for what they what they believe or what they feel. But Dr. Credit, I think that you're right on it when you say at least listen to the to the children, whether we. Um, you know, do exactly what they would prefer or not, we at least need to listen to them. A lot of times when you listen to administrators, when you listen to, uh, you know, education officials, when you listen to politicians, you know, everybody comes out with the famous phrase, this is in the best interest of the kids or, or we're here for the kids. But how can that be so when no one talks to the kids? If you don't get out and talk to the kids, you don't know what their feelings are, so how can you say you're doing what's best for them? So I think that what you did by going out and, and actually interviewing people, and I'm pretty sure you were not biased about who you interviewed. I'm pretty sure you just wanted, you know, an opinion, and you know, and you wanted some 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 good anecdotal notes. Um, I think that that's where we need to start. If we're going to fix this educational mess, we have to talk to everyone who's involved and. That includes the children because I feel like they are the most critical pieces in this puzzle, yet they keep getting left out. Yes, I agree with you. We don't listen to them. We need to listen to all the stakeholders. I agree. I I, I agree as well. I've heard kids um, say, and we're going to pull in our caller now, but I've heard kids say that, you know, they just see homework as busy work. It's not work that helps. That, that helps them any in the classroom because, again, it feels like it's busy work and, and rarely are they able to really go over and review the homework to know what mistakes, if any, they've made. So it's just not productive in many ways. And then the amount of homework. And I've heard some kids say that they feel like the teacher does not have time to, to even check some of the homework they, they, that they turn in. It's just, again, busy work. So let's let's pull in. Uh, our caller here. We're pulling in our caller from 972 area code with the last four digits of 3656. Caller, you're on the air with us. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to. Hi. Um, hi, I'm Julie. And I'm hey, Julie. Tammy's... <laughs> Good. I'm Tammy's godmom. No, wait, no. You're I'm my goddaughter. God- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a lot to say about homework, I'm sure. Come on, tell us. So, like, tell you, like, the whole thing? Okay. <laughs> tell well, me what you want us to know. What, what do you think about homework? Too much? Is it? Is it? Should you have homework? If not, why or why not? Is it too much? Um, just tell us what your thoughts are. How does it help you? Any? Tell us what your opinion is. All right, well, I'm in ninth grade, so I feel like you can really decide whether or not you want a lot of homework or not because 
whether or not you take pre-AP or AP classes or just on level. But it's like, I feel like if the teachers want to give a lot of homework, they should get together because so many teachers only think about their class. And so they probably give a lot of homework from their class and stuff like that. But then what if every class gives you a lot of homework? And so you just have loads on top of loads. But I think, because especially in my math class, I'll go to school and they'll teach it and I'll feel like I know everything that they're teaching me. But when I go home and I try to do it by myself hours later, I'll realize that I don't remember all of that stuff so I'll know whether or not I need to go to tutorials. So I feel like a lot of homework doesn't help you and it stresses you out, but I feel like homework does help me in many ways. Dr. Coretta? Well, Julie, let me tell you, uh, what you're telling me now is exactly what the students that I interviewed told me. It's the amount of homework. The teachers in the team that you are that you are are not talking to each other, and then you have seven teachers. So seven teachers will assign homework, uh, not considering that you're only one and you have seven teachers. So this is very very important. Research has not has not, and I have to repeat it has not said at any time that homework increases achievement. It does not. So if it doesn't, the the, the excuse that many teachers have to give so much homework is because the children need to learn. And I didn't want to get in trouble so early in the show, but Julie, it's your fault, that's so all. I am going to let. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we just have to teach in the classroom, and now I'm talking as a teacher. As a teacher, if I teach in the classroom, the the homework that I have to give you is minimum. Julie is saying that by the time she gets home, she doesn't remember what happened in the class. But it is true. And she wants to be in AP classes and all of this. And imagine having five AP classes. Or you can have AP classes in your core courses, correct? Mm -hmm. So then it's five extra homework that you have to do, extra assignments. But what the students that I interviewed also told me, it is that many, like Tommy was saying earlier, many of the work is just busy work. There is an important book that I love that book. It says, Worship Do Not Grow Then Drive. And that's what we do. Many, many teachers just give you one, two, three, four worksheets. Finish them up. 
many teachers in the study, in, in my study, in my research, said that they will give the homework that the students, the work that the students did not finish in the classroom. Then my question was, so why the student did not finish it in the classroom? Maybe he didn't understand. Let me just do a background of where I'm coming from. When my oldest was in fifth grade, he will come home with 50, 50, and I'm not exaggerating, 50 math problems, five zero. I will ask, what did the teacher teach you today? Nothing. She just put on the board that we had to do all of this. And I said, and how many did you do in the classroom? I don't understand. I didn't understand. So why you didn't ask the teacher? The teacher said that she was busy. So while I love my profession, I cannot cover the sun with one hand. There are times that we do not do the right thing. This is one of them. If homework is an independent activity, why do we ask the parents to help the children? There are too many contradictions in what we do. And that's why I wrote the book. I don't know. I have a question for for encourage you, Julie. <laughs> but you know what you can do? You can buy the book and give it to your wonderful teachers. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for Jolie. How, how many hours said. do you think you spend? I have a question for Jolie. How many hours do you think you spend a week on homework, roughly? Uh, I don't know. Well, like a day. I feel like a day. No, no. Wait, wait. Let me think. I don't know. I know it's a lot. Like sometimes I'll go to sleep at like twelve, but I also have uh like basketball practice or track practice. So I don't know. I don't okay. think they think about our schedules either. But at least. Like, at the least, two hours a day. At the least. Okay. This is Rodney. This is Rodney, and I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back in here uh, uh, real quick. Um, I think that what we've heard so far is that homework is only beneficial when it is meaningful and it actually serves a purpose of supporting what is done in the classroom. Kids should not be going home with homework that does not supplement what has already been taught in the classroom. Homework should be something that is extra practice. Homework should not be something that kids are going home and being stressed out about uh, because they're not that familiar with it. Because I believe I heard Dr. Coretta say this. Uh, Dr. Coretta, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. The research does not support that homework increases student achievement. There's a lot of research out there 
that says that. So if that is the case, if our ultimate goal is to increase student achievement, then we really should not be doing anything that does not support that, including homework. Am I saying exclude homework altogether? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if the ultimate goal is student achievement, then that then everything that we do should be centered around student achievement. And on top of that, we have to define, and I don't know if Dr. Coretta wants to get into this uh, a little bit later or maybe even now, but we have to be able to define what student achievement means for every child because it's not going to be the same. Now, some kids would welcome the idea of going home and doing an hour of homework for every single class. Some kids are like, bring it on. But then you have other kids where that's not just realistic because, and, I, and hopefully I'm not getting ahead of myself, but there are so many factors that goes into these kids' lives today that wasn't common 20, 30, 50 years ago. Kids are having to worry about so many other things. And so I'm a firm believer, and I'm going to say this and then I'm done uh, for now, (laughs) but if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing in the classroom on a regular basis. As a teacher. Mm -hmm. As a teacher. Then why do these kids need to leave school after seven hours or however many hours they spend in school, why do they need to leave and go home and be stressed out and working for another four hours? I don't get that. Me either. And uh, in terms of the definition for achievement, right now, across the board, we don't have a definition because the definition is given to us according to the testing companies. Mm-hmm. The test company decides or the state decides this is the, the test that we're going to use, and if the student passes that test, well, he achieved. What does that tell me, really, that the student passed the test? It doesn't tell me how much did he learn. So mm-hmm. the question is, are we investing in learning because achievement very different from learning. That is my conclusion at the end of 31 years. I want my students to learn. They need to learn things that when they go into the workforce, they can apply them. But sometimes we come up short, very short. Another reason, and I'm... Go. I don't want to hold. Go. We. Do you have to go? Because you might have homework tonight. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, like to... <laughs> oh no. Yeah, my mom has to do my hair though. Before we. I'm sorry. Um. I said my mom has to do my hair, but um. <laughs> okay. No, I don't think so. I just. Okay. I honestly, like personally, I don't think homework's that big of a deal. But that's just because I don't really do a lot of it. <laughs> And I'll, like, or, like, see, one of my teachers, they'll be, like, they make me hand this out to you, but if you spend too much time on it, if you spend longer than an hour on it, then don't do it. But then there's other teachers that, like, my English teacher, she makes me annotate the whole book over something that we don't even go over in class. 
So, I mean, I don't know. If you had your way, would you do away with it? Final answer. <laughs> if I my way, you had what? your way, would you would you take homework out? Would you say no to homework? No, because I need it sometimes. Okay. No, okay. no. Okay. So sometimes she needs it to refresh the knowledge that she uh, learned in school during the well, day. Well, I'd say like I'd need okay. For homework, I wouldn't really need it, but like reviews that would be called homework before like tests or quizzes, then I'd take mm-hmm. that for homework. Okay. But that's your study time. Yeah. So, but okay. when you are doing homework, are you studying? Ma'am? When you are doing homework, are you studying? Am I studying? Uh-huh. It's a trick question. It's a trick oh. question. <laughs> because sometimes <laughs> if you're reviewing, you're reviewing for the test that you have tomorrow, or you're doing a project, you're learning because you're doing things for yourself. And you're being creative as as you deal with, let's say, ninth grade, what is learning in, in biology. So you're constructing a model of one of the systems. You are learning. But if the teacher, and this is what the students that participated in my study said, if the teacher gives you a worksheet about the parts of the body, that is rote learning. You just memorize it and you spill it in the test tomorrow, and that's it. And then when you are my age, are you going to remember those things? Hmm. You are going to remember <laughs> the things that you worked at. Hmm. Interesting. That, that that's a that's a really good question, Doctor Karen. <laughs> Sometimes we have to do these things. Uh, one thing that I want to clarify, I said it at the beginning, but I want to stress it again. I did this investigation for two reasons. One, because I wanted to listen to the students. I I want to listen to the children if you understand what I mean by that. And the other thing is that in my first five years as a teacher, this is what I saw. I saw students that worked very, very hard in the classroom, but if I gave an assignment, they will not do it, or it will come incomplete, or best of all, it will come in with the handwriting of another person that was not my student. I I worked in the Bronx, and then when I went to Puerto Rico, I worked in a private school. Big difference. And if the, the children needed to get achievement, achievement is not an A. People think that the grades 
are because of achievement. Let me tell you that my experience, uh, I could get an A and don't know anything. And I gave Julie that example of biology because if you ask me right now, I study biology in ninth grade, and if I, I don't remember anything about my biology class. However, I had it, I am less good in math, and I had a teacher in geometry that she pursued me. And if I tried to skip that class 20,000 times, and she was always waiting for me, at the end of the steps. Come on, Gladys, you're coming to class. You're going to learn. I wanted to sit down at the end of the classroom. She was saying, no, in front of the classroom so that I can see you. Mm -hmm. I learned. So at this time, I know more about geometry. I can still tell you things about geometry and I'll tell you about biology. Very important, the things that we do in the classroom as a teacher. The other reason it is that we need to listen, and I cannot stress this enough, we need to listen to all the stakeholders. Who does the homework? The children. And this is just on this. And like Ronnie was saying before, we need to have everyone that has that, uh, let's see, that is in the trenches in order to talk about what we know. And then we can weed out the people that do not know because they have never set a foot in the classroom. And that is good for policy, for educational policy. Dr. Coretta, this is Tammy. I have a question for you. In your research, did you find that there are um, or there is one particular topic or subject that the students do or do not do for homework or or do not complete their homework in, whether it be math or social? I hear that a lot of children, to me, it seems like a lot of kids have issues with social studies. And, and particularly now with students not being able to have books at home, I think a, a great a great number of them are not doing homework because they don't have books either. I'm not, not sure if that's, you know, across the board, but is there one particular subject that, that you were able to determine that they do not complete more than others? And do you think the fact that kids not, not having books now will add to that, to the number of kids that do not complete homework? In my research, uh, what I learned is that it depends on the student. For example, uh, I interviewed students that were in special ed, that were in regular education. They were what we call in Virginia gifted and talented. And I also interviewed English language learners. And depending on the ability of that student, that, that student has to read how well he reads and how well he understands, uh, then they're able to do the social studies or the reading or depending on their number sense, how well they did in math. 
What is interesting is that I interviewed fifth and sixth graders, and you two read the book, and you'll notice that many children will say, but I want homework that I can understand. I want homework at my level. I was surprised by children in fifth and sixth grade using those expressions. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, real quick, Tammy, I'm going to, uh, we, we've got some very interesting comments on, uh, through Facebook. I posed the, uh, the question, is homework effective? And we've gotten several comments from uh, parents and educators. And so uh, one parent said, not anymore. Um, and then another parent slash former teacher said, as long as it provides opportunities for the students to review and practice the lesson being taught and the homework review is incorporated in class, whether it be by whole group or conferencing, uh, parent A, uh, the first one that I mentioned, said homework is only effective when it supplements a lesson taught in class in the form of practicing a skill. I've also seen such wild extremes between between teachers. No homework all year to hours a night of busy work with no real uh, meaning. Um, and then another and then another educator said, um, it's effective only to students who complete it. It also is more beneficial when differentiated for students to work at their independent level. Now, how many of us take the extra time, talking about educators, how many of us take the extra time needed to differentiate homework when a large percent don't do it and it's not worth a grade. Uh, going back to parent B, homework can also provide the opportunity to give students the basics uh, that they need, but there is not enough time allotted in the day. Skills like penmanship, grammar practice, simple multiplication uh, for sped students, uh, ADL skills, I can't make that out right now, I used to assign my students tasks like practice tying their shoes. Oh, I, I think she had a very, uh, I think she had like an autistic class or something, I can't remember, or zipping their coat or even putting their coats on. But, th- again, this is a very extreme situation. My students lack so many skills that we take for granted. Our job not only encompasses academics, we are also responsible for giving them a foundation of skills that can be utilized later in life. Um, and then parent A to parent B, do you think this lack of basics is due in part to the current curriculum uh, and how it is being used to our students? Uh, do you think it's taking away penmanship, how spelling has been removed, uh, rote memorization, spelling, et cetera? So and the conversation continues. But it seems like uh, these parents and educators believe that uh, and Dr. Redder, this is just more research, but um, that they believe that when the students see it as valuable, they're more likely to be interested in it. Um, and even the one educator that said, you know, how many of us even differentiate? Like when when we're giving classes, and this is just for everybody who's out there, when we're giving our rosters at the beginning of the year, we don't have all students in our classes who are considered 
general education students, meaning just, you know, 20 years ago, what would have been considered the norm. We have general education students. Sometimes we have special ed students mixed in that bunch. Sometimes we have gifted and talented students mixed in that bunch. And sometimes we have kids who are considered uh, very low English language learners. So when you put all of these kids in the same class, you're going to have a variation of learning levels. And if you find a worksheet to send home with all 30 of those kids, don't be surprised if only five of them come back with the worksheet because some of them are probably not even going to understand it. And if you're like, you know, the kids that, that, that Dr. Coretta and I have had, that the parents don't even speak English and understand it, how can we expect them to help those kids? And so, you know, having meaningful activities for these kids is a big part of it too. At least that's what I was getting from reading these uh, these comments and these questions. This is uh, very, very important. And there were so many parents making comments. This is one of the things that I've found during my study. It doesn't matter if the student is English language learner, GG, regular education. I didn't find any different, any significant difference on how they felt about homework. So the majority, we go to page, between pages 36, 28 to 39, is where I have the tables. And on table five, for example, the question was, describe your current homework. So the English language learner said, hard, challenging, boring, confusing, taking a lot of time. And guess what? The general education students said the same thing. And the gifted and talented said the same thing. And the special education students just had two words hard and challenging. So if the students do not understand the homework, and we're giving homework to because they did not finish the class work, and homework is supposed to be an independent activity, so the student can fill it up by themselves. They're supposed to do it by themselves. And as you said before, Ronnie, and if we know because that that has been settled in research, we it doesn't uh, increase achievement. So why are we all of this? Now the other thing I heard that one of the parents, I think it was parent A or parent B, that there is a lot of busy work, and then the teacher doesn't go over it. So why, now let me take the place of a student. Why would I kill myself and spend two or three hours on a homework that my teacher is not going to see? And she is not going to give me any feedback. What, what am I going to learn from doing that homework? I think the premise here is learning. And we are not learning. And all these practices about 
homework with worksheets and homework as busy work, it is hindering learning. I don't know about other people, but I, well, I'm retired now, but I am in the business of learning. That's why they paid me. And that's what I want my children and my grandchildren to do, to learn. You go to school to learn. What do we tell the students? What did you come to school? To learn. Are we learning? It will be interesting if we do a survey of the students in elementary school and middle school or maybe high school and ask them, are you learning? What are you learning? What did you learn today? And we will be amazed at their responses. What kind Tammy, of I'm gonna, mm-hmm. uh, just real quick, uh, Tammy, uh, when Dr. Coretta finishes, sorry to cut you off, Dr. Coretta, uh, I have a question for you as, as a parent and a very active parent, um, and I want you to just think about it real quick. Um, if you had heard these things coming from Brandon, <laughs> when he was in school about there wasn't really a grade for the homework or, you know, it wasn't, it it didn't really matter, you know, when they were going to school the next day, it wasn't like the teachers were ever going over the homework. It wasn't for grade. wasn't really that important. Teachers didn't take it serious. It was more so busy work. How would you have responded? So I want you to, I want you to answer that Tammy as a very active and involved parent when Dr. Coretta finishes. Sorry, uh, Dr. Coretta, go ahead. I would have been that parent at the school saying, uh, you're going to have to give Brandon some homework. And I and it, I gave Brandon homework. Like, in addition, in the summertime, Brandon had things to do. Um, I bought the, the little everything a child should know for the next grade, like, coming up. Cause, and even, even around here, I give the kids, it's nothing for me. I ask them, what do you have for homework? I was one of those parents. And I'm, I still am. Uh, but I don't believe in the busy work. What I'm afraid of is, is okay. if we remove um, remove homework altogether, then I think the kids will miss out on a lot because it seems today that very we we don't have a lot of Rodneys and Dr. Coretta's. We we don't have a lot of you. You're, you're kind of teachers who are going to Thank make you. sure that you're getting in the class and that you're not doing the busy work because busy work for them is busy work for you, and there's no sense in it if it's not working or if it's not showing up, you know, in their tests and their achievements and things like that. So I believe in in, in doing work to learn, like studying what, what Dr. Coretta asked, are we studying so that you know it later? It It paid off because literally with Brandon, he has friends, many of his friends call him Google. And I'm amazed even now how he just knows stuff, but it's because I made him read. You, 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 he never was allowed to have an idle mind. Like if, if you, if you, Brandon made one C his entire life, and that, that about killed him. And my response was, we're all average. You, you can, you can, you can look over your stuff just to make a C. We're not average in this house. If you are, you have work to do. And so even now with with little Brooklyn, the little kindergarten, you know, she says, I don't have homework when I pick her up. And I said, well, you do now. 
but it's things that. And she does because if she's missing, as smart as she is, if she's missing three of her five spelling words, then baby, you have homework. TV is not your homework. When you master this, then you can watch TV. So I would have been that parent that says, no, Brandon will have homework. I also would have been that parent now for books saying, no, Brandon will have a set of books for home. I don't care what you're doing for the others. That's, that's, I do care, but, but as far as Brandon, he's going to have he's gonna have homework. He's going to study. He's going to learn. Um, and and that's just that's what I would have did. The magic word is learn. The magic word is learn. Uh, it is important that the parents are involved. One thing I had it for the end, but uh, this is what I would like for parents to do. I would like for parents to take the book and read it and read it. And I want them to buy at least two. One for themselves and take good notes. And one for your child's teacher. After reading it, after reading the book, I want you to ask for a conference with your teacher and discuss the pros and cons of uh, my statements. If you don't have a satisfactory response, give your book with your notes to your principal. Have him or her read it and arrange for a conference to discuss the pros and cons of it. Follow the protocol until you're until you have a satisfactory answer to your question. Now, I have had over the years parents have come to me and will argue with me that they want the children to have homework. And I'm not advocating after in my heart I say, listen, don't give any homework because that's their child's time. It's time to play, it's time to be with the family, it's time to, to, to engage in all the things that are going to make him a complete human being that has nothing to do to school. If we, let's take us adults, and after you have been working for eight hours, the first thing that you want to do is to come home, take off your shoes, and relax for a little bit, right? Yep. Uh, but if the children have homework, they don't have that chance. I will venture to say, is that why our students are not learning? Because we are just pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And Ronnie, you know me, I do push my students. I always did. And I didn't take any nonsense from them. <laughs> no, you did children. not. <laughs> But their children, they need to play, they need to, and especially in neighborhoods, and, and, well, another anecdote to prove a point. When I was the assistant principal at Jenny Dean Elementary, 
Uh, and that's what provoked me to do uh, the dissertation on this topic. I had children that by 9 o'clock they were right there in my office. Why? Why are you here? Because I didn't do my homework. Okay, so there is a chair, there is a table. Go ahead and do your homework. But then I had to ask, uh, what class you didn't do your homework? Math. Okay, so what class are you missing now? Math. So tomorrow I was going to have that child again in my in my office because he was missing math, because he didn't do the math homework, because he was not in the classroom, because he didn't do the homework of the pre- previous day. Now, this is very interesting. The children that I saw in my office, they were always the same. My English language learners, my African-Americans, and my white babies from the trailer park. Do we have a theme here? That's that's some interesting data. Yes. Yes, and I have all these notes. And and you see, if you hear boy uh, passion in my voice, it's because I have it. This is very important. We are supposed to be the agents of change. But the change that occurs in education does not come from the trenches. It comes from an agenda that someone imposes on education. Mm. For people that do not understand what education is and what it takes. Now, in Japan, they do so well on but they don't go to school as many hours as we do. Why don't we have year-round school? If we have a problem of many hours, let's have some. No, because in the past, having, not having school during the summer was okay because we had an agricultural society. Oh, but not now. So you see, one one little research creates so many questions in what we do every day that I think it's worth it for us to take the time and take at least one piece. And that's why I concentrated on homework because I thought it is one of the things that it could be easier to to fix. What the students like? The students did not say that they didn't like homework. It's like Julie saying, was saying, no, but I need it. But what do the children need? They need to socialize, right? So why would mm-hmm. they give them projects that they can go home and get together with friends, give them extra time, give them a homework that the teacher doesn't have to correct, like reading, Who's going to be, be, uh, benefit from that? The student, if he reads every night. But in defense of the teachers, because I'm an advocate in general. You know, when I did my study and I interviewed those teachers, and I myself included, 
not in any of my college classes, I had a course that will help me design homework, that will help me design assignments. It was not until a few years ago when we in, in Manassas City, we did uh, learning learning focus that I learned. It was the first time that there was something showed to me. This is the way you prepare assignments. I'm a veteran, but not in my courses. So there's so many things that we need to to take. And I believe that if we pick, each one of us pick a subject that we're passionate about and we start from there to make change, we can create a revolution. We can create a revolution. So if the teachers do not have the training to do assignments and the students need to be children, uh, do I have a vote? Shall we have homework? Shall we not? Mm-hmm. Dr. Corretta, I have a question. Uh, I, I want to go back to um, to something that you said a few minutes ago that, that probably is not a surprise to, to anyone listening, uh, but who knows, it may be. Uh, but when you talk about the students that, you saw in your office uh, when you were, when you were an assistant principal um, at Jenadine Elementary School, um, and you talked about the, the the demographics of those of those students, and these were always your lower level uh, English language learners. These were always your African American students, uh, and these were your uh, white students from the trailer park. So obviously, we can all see a trend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 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 question is: Was there any training that was provided to the staff? Because I'm pretty sure that you were not the only one who saw this. Uh, was there any training provided to the staff on how to to to, to deal with uh, students who 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 came from a certain background or students who were of a certain race? Um, or students who learned at a obviously a, a different um, rate than their, than their teachers. Uh, was there any training provided to the staff? Uh, and also, what did the principal have to say about the, these uh, uh, constant? Repetitions, you know, with with these kids coming to your office. What did the principal have to say? And was there any training provided to these teachers? First question: No, there was no training for the teachers. Uh, the second question: The principal uh, had a, a a word, and we have learned that word. I learned that word in in Manato City. Uh, school dependent learners. So. Again, I started thinking about school-dependent learners because it was the first time that I heard that phrase. So if it's a school-dependent learner, why are we giving them homework? If it's a school-dependent learner, why is he in my office instead of being in the classroom? (laughs) If many of my children needed to after school, 
fifth and sixth graders needed to to go home and take care of the younger siblings so that the parent could go to work. Do you think I'm going to care about homework? But then the next day I will get a zero, and that will lower my grade. And then I'll miss class. So it is hindering and hindering and another strike and another strike. When is that child learning? You know me, and I always ask difficult questions. (laughs) And sometimes people do not give me any answers. This is Tammy. I have a question for you. What have you had a chance to get into the schools with your research and be able to talk with with teachers and um, the principals and things like that? And if so, what what type of response have you received? Uh, I have to be very honest. One of the conditions for me to do this dissertation it was that I was going to talk to the faculty about the research, about what I had learned, that never happened. What I have done, it is that, and Romney knows me, and I can see myself going to different classrooms or people coming into my classroom, and I give this feel, what I'm learning. This is what I'm doing. And I have had teachers that, are agreeing with me. And when I go to different conferences and I present my research, people are saying, oh, that makes sense. So I can say in a very, very small scale, I have affected social change because I've been able to influence some teachers. But imagine that I had the whole faculty learning about their own students because this was done school at Mayfield where I worked. So it was our students. And the teachers that I interviewed were our teachers. So it was our data, but we couldn't discuss it. I think that's yeah, I think that's very alarming. I'm sorry. Right, right now, I'm sorry. You got it. We have a question from Facebook that, that I'd like to get out there. It says, as a parent, I feel homework helps connect me to what is happening at school. My question is, if we're not providing homework, how do we connect parents to the education of their children? And after you answer that, Dr. Coretta, we have a uh, we have a caller online, so we wanted to uh, pull them in too. But go ahead and answer that question, Dr. Coretta. Okay, that is an excellent question. You have to be connected. The children can see your child every day about what happened in school. What did you learn today? I know that it's important for parents to see what their children are learning. One thing that I recommend is an external book. 
And the child learns today about, and I'm scientific today, I'm with biology, and he learns some terms. So he goes home and has a beautiful notebook where he rewrites the notes that he took in class. That is a study. The parent knows what the child learned at school. And when the teacher has to say, I want to give a grade for the notebook, guess what? It is a beautiful notebook. It seems very simple. And I think sometimes we complicate things. This is very simple. Go to the school. In Virginia, this is very easy. You go to the website and this is what you're supposed to be learning. Ask the children. Ask your child, oh, well, you're supposed to be doing this and this. What did you learn about uh, the revolution, the American Revolution? What did you learn uh, in your language arts class? What are you reading? Okay. So, so there are a number of ways uh, uh, parents can can connect with their children or uh, keep up with uh, what's going on in the schools. Uh, we're going to go to our caller uh, from area code five seven one, and the last four digits are nine four three six. Caller, you are on the air with us. Hi, this is Lois <clears throat> Hatchet. <laughs> um, I was I was a teacher at Mayfield. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, how, how are you? Doing? I'm fine. Um, when I, well, I'm going. I'm going to go back a, one second to the discussion about sending a child to the administration for not doing homework. Um, no child at no time should be taken out of instruction to discuss that. I think that's a conference time, maybe during recess or lunchtime, or some type of some some time other than when they're supposed to be in the classroom to discuss not doing the homework. Um, because there's, but, um, and, and then in response to connecting the parents with what's going on in the classroom, when I, I incorporated that in, in my classroom where sometimes my homework assignment was based on what the classroom lesson was about and they had to use the notes from the class from that day to refer to the homework to be able to answer the question. So they were taking their notebooks back and forth, not every day, but some days. So I used that as a springboard to connect with the parents because they were looking at the actual notebooks, the notes that were being taken, and the child actually had to use their notebook as a resource for them to be able to, or a reference tool for them to be able to do the homework correctly. So, um, I think adding those types of opportunities, and if the parents took that, and I was hoping that they did, took that and actually thumbed through the notes for the day or even, you know, what they were doing prior, they would be connected in that way as to what the curriculum was being implemented in that subject for that, you know, for, for that student. Real quick, Lois, um, just be, just because I I, um, I think this is very important, uh, and I want Tammy and Dr. Coretta to jump in here. But real quick, will you um, tell us about the success or lack thereof that you had with those activities, and can you also share 
with us uh, the 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 learning abilities or or the types of uh, you know students that you had in your classes when you were teaching? Um, I taught the autistic population, so I had some students that were learning the general ed curriculum, and then I had some students that were doing the aligned standards, which is a special ed curriculum. And um, what I did was basically use, I usually, I basically ran it as a special, as a, as a general ed classroom, meaning that we followed the guidelines and, and the curriculum basics of the general ed. And what I did for the students that were doing the aligned standards, I tweaked it where they were successful as well. So differentiation was a very big part of my instructional time, my instructional day, my planning. Everything was basically individualized because of the fact that the needs were so great and they were very, very varied. My success rate was pretty good. Um, I actually kept a a minimum of of students that were my students were successful and their ability and what they were, what their goals were. They were successful each time. Okay. Is that what you're asking I'm me? I'm really sorry. Happy. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, Dr. Corinna and Tammy? Hello? Hi. 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 No, I think Louisa. <laughs> whatever works. But how about those children? How did the children feel? About their, about their, about their homework assignments? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I didn't really have many students that didn't do their homework. Um, I didn't have them doing it for hours and hours a day. We touched on what they had to do, and it was very structured to the point where they were very successful because it wasn't difficult. It was only, it, it was, it was, it gave them extra practice. Like I said, everything was detailed and individualized so that their frustration level wasn't consumed. I didn't I didn't push too hard, but I was demanding in what I wanted. So say some students may have did five math examples, some may have done two. Like ah. I said, it was individualized. I did I did a lot of um That's separate homework sheets. I did a lot of separate homework sheets. Um I kept records. Wow. I had parents sign, look, agree to it. I mean, I was very involved in, in my parents and calling my parents and um, expressing to them, um, you know, what I what what I expected and um, you know what I want what I wanted for them to, to be successful at and be able to achieve. My website was also individualized where I had I mean I didn't call them by name but I had group A group B and they kind of knew they knew what group they fit in so they knew what their assignment was. So all they had to do was go on the website, look at the homework look for their group. It was listed. I, you know, I, I was very focused on keeping that together because I wanted the parents to be able to follow along. So they had different resources and many ways to know what was going on inside the classroom. And by me grouping it the way I grouped it, and the students knew what group they fell into, they knew they knew what they were expected to do. Very good. Hey, you see, hey, you guys, if the children liked it and you had to I, I, it's okay. Returning, I'm sorry. 
No, no, you're 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 fine. You're fine. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to say the one thing I want to pull out of 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 all that was said there is expectations. It sounds like you are a teacher that set those expectations, and I feel for the most part, most kids that you that you are able to set those expectations with, and their parents, and they feel that you truly and genuinely care about them. They will, in most cases, try to meet those expectations. Yes. They so, do. if a child is, or a student is not doing their homework, it's the it's, it's a bigger picture there. Something else is behind behind that as well. Like when Rodney mentioned a while back, where he notices when a child when a child begins to act out or act up. If it's if it's doing math, maybe he or she does not feel comfortable math with math or reading and so forth. So it sounds like you are a teacher that you've gone the extra mile and the extra mile and the extra mile again to gain the trust and the confidence and have set, again, the expectations that is needed and in, and is missing in many cases, which, which is why a lot of them may not do the homework. They have no respect for the teachers and, and so forth. Absolutely. I also had, um, you know, date date with the teacher lunch day with the teacher, and that was when, like Rodney said, do observation. If I noticed something that was not right at a certain time or day, or what, I used that lunch date <clears throat> as an opportunity to discuss that with that student. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we worked out things. Well, if you do your homework, okay, maybe I'll tweak it to one example, but I'm going to give you something. You have to give me something because you're expected that. You're expected to do that. And I, I kind of used that. I hardly ever involved administration in a lot of those things that I, I felt were classroom management, and I felt that was my my um, my domain. And I took charge of it. I took charge of it. And and I, if I needed administration, I went. I, I, I of course I went to them, but hardly ever did I did I do it because I felt that. I needed to get control and keep control of what was going on. If I keep running to administration, then where is my respect level? They're not going to have respect for me as a teacher because I keep running to the principal and telling everything. So I took, okay. that, I took control of it. And, um, That's some good stuff right there. Uh, I do want to keep you, you guys uh, – I, I, I do want to remind you guys, uh, we, we do have another uh, caller on, uh, online, but I do want to hear what Dr. Coretta has to say uh, before we do our, b- before we pull our next call in. Well, I think uh, you are doing the right thing. You build a relationship with your students. You have to know your students. And what I really love is that you said two problems, five problems, depending on the ability of the child. When I give uh, reading homework, and I didn't want to call it that, at the beginning of the year I said there is an expectation. This is the language of class, and everybody is going to read. And we are going to love how to read. I don't like how to read. Well, by the end of the year, those naysayers, and I have the proof because I did a survey at the beginning, and then at the end I will show them. I did. I will do the same survey, and oh, I'm not reading now. Ah. But you set your expectations. That is, is wonderful. And if it worked for you, 
than you were. And if the children were not frustrated, you did. See, the children do want homework. They don't want worksheets because they're boring. Some of them will say about the worksheets, oh, they're too hard. And I will say, why? You should have to fill out something or put an X on don't ask me why. Why is hard? But I don't understand them. But when I do projects, when I write, or when I read for fun, I like that. So the children are up to something. They like to read. Many of them, when I said, if you didn't have homework, what would you do? And the majority of them said, on the first thing, I will read for fun. And that touched my heart. That did. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Lois, uh, uh, don't go anywhere. I, I'm going I'm to embarrass you in a minute. I'm going to talk about uh, uh, how great you were as a teacher. So don't go anywhere. Uh, but no. I do want to bring in our... Um, our next caller, uh, we don't want to lose anybody, so I do want to bring in our next caller from area code 703. The last four digits are 3155. Caller, you are on the air. All right. Hello. Can you guys hear me? We yes. can hear you. Okay. All right. Hi, this is Dina Hamad. Um, I work over at Mayfield as well. I was just going to – I just want to give my opinion a little bit. As a parent and as somebody who works in the school system, um, Homework is, for me, I feel like it's very important because my children will not come home and tell me what they did that day in school because half the time by the time they get home, I'm like, hey, what did you do today? And they've, they've completely forgotten or they're just like, I don't know, like they turn off. In time, though, I don't like to be bombarded with homework. There has to be a fine mm-hmm. line of connect mm-hmm. the parents, let them know what's going on. Um, homework shouldn't be a main grade in the grade book, but it should be there if anything, as means to to remind the child that mom knows what's going on, or you know, mom, dad, whoever knows what's going on in their lives. They're they're you know they're gone for eight hours a day. They come home. They're only home for a few hours, and in that time, you know, you want it to be constructive, and and you want it to you want to connect with them in a way. So I see. I mean, for me, I feel like it's 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 important in that matter, but you know. Um, I don't think that it's my priority. You know, it's more of just like a a sense of okay, I know now. I know that that you're studying this or that or um or whatever. And I don't want them to be graded harshly on it if they don't do it. But th- I mean, there has to be a fine line, I think, with homework in general. And, and hi, yes. <laughs> and also another point that I was going to make was I have a child who's in special ed and children that are not in special ed, and homework is totally different for them. And, I mean, I can spend an hour doing homework with my general ed kids, and I feel like special ed kids get off very easy with almost nothing and struggle because in elementary school they get a lot more homework than they do at Mayfield. And at Mayfield, I feel like my, my 12-year-old comes home every day, and I'm like, what, what do you have for homework? She's like, nothing. So she's sitting there doing nothing while my kids in elementary school have at least 30 minutes of homework. So I feel like there also needs to be consistency along the, bo- along the, along the board for, you know, grade levels 
where, you know, they get in how much, well, they don't get at Mayfield, then they get it a lot at Metford Osborne or in middle school and high school. So I, um, there needs to be also a consistency, I think, set for teachers to know, you know, what's appropriate for what age and how long and all that stuff. I don't know. What's your opinion, Dr. Okay. Craig? Um, <laughs> the, school board, the school board has a policy, and it gives you for this age, for, for this grade, it should be this amount. And it, 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 you look for it. There is a policy on homework. And I don't know if I have it in the book. No, I think I have it on, on the real dissertation. But it is very important. And I'm going to tell you what I did. Of course, in Virginia, it's easy, and maybe other states where they have standards, you just go and, oh. And the teachers at the beginning of the year, they give you the, the syllabus of what they're going to cover for semester or the units that they're going to cover that year. And you just, or shoot an email to the teacher, what are you going to cover this week? And then I had one that every time that I said, well, what did you learn today? Because that, they knew as soon as I served dinner and with them, I was going to ask that question. So I had one that would say, nothing. And I said, really? Hmm. You didn't learn about multiplication with two digits today? Huh. It was just like, how do you know that? So how do you do that? And then I play dumb because I want them to explain to me what did they learn or what, or if they have. But you have to fix them. They're children. They don't want to talk about school. But as a parent, you need to know what is happening, right? So yeah. if the child talks about what they learn, you know that they're learning. And my concern with my my son that will always say nothing, it was, oh, my God, is he learning? And then when, well, after a little bit of pushing and shoving, then I, oh, so you did learn something today. And he will smile and say, oh, Mom, you tricked me again. Yes, I tricked you again. Well, you know, it doesn't even have to – I'll give you an example. It doesn't even have to be just about learning extreme things. I'll give you an example with my fourth grader. Last year, she was perfect in spelling. She had an A every spelling test. This year, her teacher decided that there wasn't any need for spelling words or um, spelling homework. She was doing it at school, and there was no need for homework for spelling. My daughter has failed every single spelling test because there are no spelling words coming home. And I've explained to her multiple times, well, we need to do this at home. She needs this reinforcement. And finally now we're mid-year, and now she's coming home every day with spelling homework. But it took hmm. half of the year of failing her spelling test in order for her teacher to realize, all right, this student needs homework for this. But it's taking the Your daughter is in sixth grade, right? No, this is my third grade, my fourth grade, I'm sorry. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just the idea that, like, one year she did really well, this year she didn't do well, and the only factor that was missing was having that spelling with coming home every day and doing homework with it. Uh, mm. There is a, uh, something with the time, and this is a problem that I have when the school board decides on a policy. Well, I am 
very fast. I'm a student and I'm very fast at whatever I do. So it, it says 15 to 20 minutes of homework on each subject, right? What sure. if I can do it in five? Oh, that's okay. But what if it takes me 45 minutes? What if I didn't understand in the classroom? So it will take extra time for me to do a homework that the school board says that should be 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. Is that learning? And then the child is tired. Is he or she learning? That is my question. (laughs) <laughs> this is Rodney. I'm, I'm going to jump back in here real quick. Uh, I think that a, a huge problem uh, that we have across the country uh, when it comes to education is that there are too many voices in education. I think you said this earlier, Dr. Toretta. There are too many voices in education that don't come from educators, that don't come from all of these stakeholders. I think that w- before you implement policies, you need to have – people involved from every uh, aspect of uh, of the uh, of education you need to have parents you you need to have children you need to have the school board you need to have administration you need to have as many people involved in these decisions as possible otherwise you're going to have inconsistency across the board and what it's going to lead to is children's failures Rather than children's successes, if you're going to keep, if you're going to mix all the kids in together and say, hey, like we don't want to, we don't want to isolate the special ed kids, or we don't want to isolate the English language learners, or we don't want to isolate the kids from the trailer park, or whatever. Okay, fine, but if you're making a decision, you should have knowledge about those kids, all of the kids, and if you don't have knowledge of of what's going on with those kids, if you don't know how they learn, if you don't know what works best for them, then you should not have a part in that decision. It happens way too often, and the the people losing are the kids. As adults, our lives are pretty much set. We have either done as much schooling as we're going to do. We may go back. Who knows? But we're in the careers that we're probably going to be in, and so you can't mess our lives up as adults too much, but we have so much influence on these kids, and when it comes to something as simple as homework, we're not talking about tests, we're not talking about quizzes, we're talking about homework. And something as simple as homework, you have people making decisions that are ultimately ruining the lives and the hopes of children because Adults can't figure out what the policy should be, how much homework is necessary, when should you back off, how much should you push these kids. So we're losing, we're losing our kids we're losing behind them. homework. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to lose a child, one child that will lose? It is too many. It is too many. But we don't like to listen to each other, and we don't like to listen to the people in the trenches because you're lower than me, you know? (laughs) You are not at my level. 
You are not at my level. I have a higher position. But it's not about higher positions. It is about knowledge. And again, mm-hmm. I am local. I, I must sound like a parrot. Where is the learning in all of this? <laughs> <laughs> Tammy, did you want to jump back in here? Um, I do have a I do have a question. What um, and and I think we've mentioned this before, but like how, Doctor Credit, in your studies after after your studies, how do you suggest that we as parents or concerned citizens get into the schools and help this, I guess, help the educators, the teachers, the students, the parents uh, really get an understanding about homework so that, because we, I, I think what we're saying here is we don't want to eliminate homework. At the same time, we do not want busy work. We want the work mm-hmm. to reflect um on the child or the student's learning and, and things like that. What 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 do we do as parents and, and concerned citizens? First, uh, you need to learn what the policies are. And that should be a public knowledge. Once you have that and you have studied and research, you for a conference, have a conversation, plug in a little bit of seed, plant a seed. What I would love to do in the perfect world, I would love to do a national study. Because people pay attention to national studies. If I get a sample from the west all the way to the east, and interview the same children, a certain amount of children and interview the teachers, maybe a national study will, but we have to start at our neighbor school. And that's why people in the audience may laugh. All, all she wants is for people to buy her book. Yes, I would love for you to, to buy my book, but I have another agenda. My agenda is simply this one. If research has proved that there is no increase in achievement in our students with homework, and if the schools are in budgetary restrictions, you know, let's say a typical class is 25 to 30 students and I am going to be a math teacher, and I'm going to print, and in the perfect world, it will be just 30 students, but usually it's three classes that you have of 30 students. So it's 100 pages, only one worksheet. How much does it cost? It's almost one cent per page. We have 100 teachers, and all of them are given the same amount How much money do we spend? How many trees are we killing? Do you see the ripples of one thing? That's why I love that book, The Butterfly Effect. One little thing that we do or we don't do affects so many others. So Mm -hmm. let's say that one teacher and one teacher only has 30 students and every day she's copied 
30 pages. She spending, let's, let's average this, 30 cents per day on homework. Uh, at the end of the year, that multiplies, and I think I have a calculator right here. Oh, Ronnie, you were a math teacher. <laughs> 30 times times 5, 150 multiply that by 180 days. And I think we can buy a few books with the money that we're spending right there. And I'm going to multiply it by 180 days. I know Manassas spend more. It is hmm, just 27. If I'm reading this correctly, 2,700. You know what I do with two thousand dollars? How many books can I buy? How many field trips I can do? And take the children for real experiences? And let them write about it, about their learning. Many questions that we have an answer. Mm-hmm. Dr. Gordon, we have, we have a comment uh, from one of your children. <laughs> it's in the chat room, so we'll, so we'll let you go there and figure out who it is. But uh, <laughs> it says... Um, it says, I agree with her with, with her regarding homework. Uh, my seventh grader is still up at this hour doing homework. The school mm-hmm. district has a policy of only uh, 15 to 20 minutes per subject. I have found that if we follow that rule, rule her grade is lowered even though it is a district policy. What are, what are your thoughts on that? And you may have figured out who the child is. <laughs> well, I know. I know who he is. <laughs> He's my oldest. He is my oldest. And this is what this is what's happening. That's what before I talked about the school board has a policy. If the child is having difficulty or does not his or her best subject, I'm sorry, then it's gonna take more than twenty minutes per subject. So if my granddaughter is uh it's central time, so it's 9.39 there. And she comes from school around 3 o'clock. Is she learning? No, she's not. But like I told you, when you just get a book into the hands of one, at least one of the teachers. Because we have to do something for our children. If tomorrow she's going to be tired or he's going to be tired and he's going to go to school and the child is nervous because they did not complete the homework, even though it was the school, the school board policy says 20 minutes. But you see, Rodney, is again, we're talking about a, a vibe circle. Like I used to say. Because we are not solving who are that decide that a child is going to finish in 15 minutes. Unless it's like what Hatchet was saying, that 
two problems, five problems, but how many teachers do you know that give two math problems or five problems for homework or just one assignment? Not many. Yeah. Not many. <laughs> hey, Dr. Coretta, can you, tell, can you tell the audience how to get the book? What's the best way to order the book? And um, and and maybe if if someone is listening out there and you're a parent or educator and you, you maybe you would like to talk to your um, to the school administrators about maybe having Dr. Coretta's book, even if it's one ordered for the teachers' lounge. You know, I know schools are on budgets these days, but. But just kind of share okay. how I can can get the book and and talk about ways that you're able to come in and help as we as okay. we wind it down. You can get my book at Amazon, and you can get it at Lulu.com. I think it's also at Barnes and Noble. This is what I. If you are a teacher, and you're listening to this, this is what I would like you to do. You purchase the book. You read it. Yes, I'm giving you an assignment. Take good notes. (laughs) If something in the book resonates with you, encourage other teachers to read it. Discuss it and create a plan. Who's going to create the plan? The people in the trenches. If you are an administrator, Listen in. This is what I want you to do. Purchase the book, read it, take good notes. And then use money from the staff development account and purchase book for teacher leaders. And I'm not talking the ones that are in the committee. I'm not talking about the ones in the leadership team. I'm talking about the real leaders in the school. And we all have those teachers in the classroom. And the leaders are actually the ones, in my experience, not the ones in the committees. And then, you, as an administrator, you know those teachers, and you know which one of them have heart. Have those teachers read the book and create a plan. They will discuss it they will, and let them run with their plan. Sometimes our administrators will want to have control of everything, control, control with capital letters. Teachers are professional. Let them run with it. That's why I said not the teachers in the committee, the teachers that are leaders in the school. And then you'll see the difference. If you want to contact me uh, or you have questions or you would like to take me into and and make me very happy and invite me to your school and I can do this at your school, do the research for your school, you can email me at thetruthforhomework at gmail.com. Again, the truth about homework at gmail dot com. I like it. Great. Right. <laughs> if uh, you have Tammy, uh, comments inside, 
maybe just write me. Maybe. Hey, I was going to say, you guys, maybe the schools need a a uh, student advocate in each school about homework that can meet with teachers. And I'm all I'm, I'm all about getting students involved in every aspect. It teaches them how to be leaders and how to communicate and voice their opinions and things like that. So that's another thing to think, maybe think about, parents, as you listen. You know, talk about having someone that could could be an advocate for a student that is an advocate for students. Because, it, again, it, exactly. it, it allows leadership. So I, I like it. Right uh, but, but before we... Before we close out, um, uh, I believe one of our callers is uh, is coming back, so um, so so I do want to pull them in, and then I uh, I would like to get final words from uh, from both you and, and uh, Dr. Carreter, Tammy, and then I'll close out the show. Uh, so we're coming back to our caller from area code five seven one. Last four digits are nine four three six. Caller, you are on the air. Um, I think that more or less. Homework, it is an extension of the classroom, and it is supposed to be um, the opportunity for them to um, practice what was taught in the classroom. But it also is a, a springboard for responsibility. And it's not the parents' responsibility to make sure it's done in that way. It's more so for the children to understand that they have that responsibility. And that's more or less with my students, I made sure they understood that. Um, this is not mommy's homework. This is your homework. And you know the homework is the same format every week. It was differentiated, but they also they had a routine to follow. And once the routine was picked up on and the students, um, it was embedded in their, in their routine or their day, homework didn't take that long. So the fact that they're doing it for hours and hours and hours, um, if it was given to, if it, if it's something that's not structured, then it's going to take it's going to take a long time. That's correct. Um, it needs to be structured. Like they had a spelling contract. They knew Monday was a certain test. Tuesday they had to do a certain test. Wednesday they had to do something different. And spelling took we had, probably in the beginning maybe took them 15, twenty minutes. It took them fifteen at that point because they already knew that they had something to do and they had and they had a a, a, a protocol to follow. Math. Same thing, and it was it was structured for my students. Um, in the beginning of the year, I also had a meeting, and this was more or less my own time, where the parents had the opportunity to come and speak with me during my setup of the classroom. I I actually had a meeting with them and explained what my expectations were. So during the first week of school, when we're getting to know um, routines and stuff, they kind of already had a basic format to follow because I I did that beforehand. Not every teacher does that. I did that more so because for my students and them being in special ed sector that they were in, it was necessary that they understood what they what to look forward to. So I, I tried to give every opportunity beforehand, before school started, um, to relieve any tension or stress or questions that the parents had or concerns that they may have had. And once the school year began, we can just get right to business as opposed to the ice is already broken. Um, but again, just coming off of that, homework is the homework is structured. It's supposed to be structured where it's routine and at it independently. Because once they follow the routine and they get the structure and they get everything um, together, they're able to 
independently do it. And a parent just has to sit there and make sure it's done or check over it or file for it or whatever the case is. But homework is not meant to be a, um, a punishment or or an extra long part of the day. It's something just to quickly refresh what you learned in the classroom and for you to be successful because we're giving you that independent practice. I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Coretta. Definitely. See, as a teacher, I do not, after my fifth year of teaching, I said no homework, other than reading. And those years that I taught math, no more than five problems, because I wanted my students to be students, to be children, to enjoy their families. And because I knew what kind of families, you see, at the beginning of the year, I always uh, did a visit, and I visited their home. So I knew what can I expect of my students. So there are many things that we can do. The children are not, and remember, I'm coming from the student advocate and teacher advocate. I'm, I'm both. I'm a, I'm a lawyer. That's what I wanted to be because I wanted to be rich and famous. But um, I'm a teacher. <laughs> I'm famous. I think I'm famous. But we need to structure things. I think with LSF, the children are getting used to a routine that they have to write. We cannot forget about research. Sometimes we talk so much about research, but then we just it's lip service. I'm going to put it like that. It's just lip service. We do not act on what we learn from the research. So if you have, and it's working for you, if you have assigned homework and you talk to the parents and the parents are happy with you and the students are happy, but the only way that you know if your students are happy and if they're learning is by what? Just Six letters, L-I-S-T-E-N. Listen to what they have to say. Ask them hard questions. They are honest. (laughs) They will give you the right answer. They might not give you two plus two if they might say five. But if you look at them straight in the eye and you ask them, a question with honesty and they know that you respect them, they will tell you the truth. And that's how you manage your classroom. <laughs> I like it. Tammy, uh, your final words. Um, I just want to say great show and I want to say thank you to all of the educators because um don't know where we would be without you, and I wish we had more like the ones that called in and the parents. And I say if we pull together, um, I think that's just a, a big issue in the system as well. It seems like in most cases parents feel like they are, and, and teachers feel like they're working against each other, and the kids see that and play on that. So um, I think we all agree that, that to some degree homework is, is needed, Um it should be scale. I think it should be scaled according to the child. But but we all know that as teachers, you all have a lot of of, of things, additional things on your hand. But I just say, as teachers and educators, remember 
remember why you're there because I think in most cases going into it, most people knew and know that it's not the highest paying job. It should be, but your reward is is changing lives. And if you look at it as, as getting that paid back with every, through every life that you change, I mean, money cannot buy that. So thank you to all that you do. Thank you, Dr. Coretta, for, for writing it and, and, and listening to the students' perspective of, of it. And I just hope that you're able to get that platform and and see this through because it is needed. It is needed. I think we're losing a lot of children through the form of homework, and they're becoming discouraged and just giving up on school altogether, on their education altogether. So great show, and I hope you parents and educators will, will hear and try to get her into your into your schools. All right. Well, um <laughs> I'm going to say this about uh, uh, Lois who called, who called in and, and, and recently spoke. I know that uh, she is she is one educator uh, who is definitely missed um, um, at our school, and uh, she she has a reputation for for being that tough teacher, for being that tough person, but for also getting the results that she's always looking for. Her students respond to her. Um, from what I from what I know, her parents respond to her, and so what she has proven is that no matter the 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 level of the child, no matter the learning level of the child, anything is possible if you're willing to put in the work. So I'm grateful that I've that that I've had an opportunity uh, to be a, a colleague of hers and. Also, uh, uh, Dina, who called in, um, she's an instructional assistant, but she's also a, uh, a parent, and she is very active, very involved, um, and, and she really just doesn't play when it comes to her kids. She wants the best for her kids, but at the same time, she is very reasonable. Um, so, so she does a wonder, wonderful job, and <laughs> we definitely miss Dr. Coretta. Um, around our around our building. Uh you're not gonna find too many people. Uh forget whether or not they're educators. You're not gonna find too many people who are just committed and dedicated and passionate about working with children. And it doesn't matter where those kids come from. It doesn't matter how many grade levels they may be behind in reading it and in math or any other subject, Dr. Coretta is going to give you all she has. And it was always evident in her results. And so I'm grateful that I had the chance to work with her for for a few years. Uh, and I really hope that she is enjoying her retirement. It looks like she is uh, because she's definitely earned that right. Um, as far as homework goes, I, for one, have never been big on homework for a few reasons. Number one, I remember what it was like when I was in fifth and sixth grade and how dare I act like I was never 11, 12, 13 years old. How dare I I act like that? How dare I forget what it used to be like? And one of the things that always helped me as a teacher, I used it the first day I walked through the door, 
and I still use it to the to this day, seven and a half years later. I always put myself in the student's position before I make a decision. Because I have found that when I do that, I may not be completely correct in my decision-making, but I usually make a much better decision than I would if I act like I have never been their age. So what I'm going to say to all of you listening, whether you're a parent or whether you're a teacher, remember what it was like when you were 12. When you were 15, when you were five, remember what that was like. And never forget that the ultimate goal is student achievement. You just might be raising or teaching the child who is the next president or who is a future president of the United States. You might be teaching or raising the next Michael Jordan. You never know who you're impacting. So keep these things in mind when you're dealing with these kids. They didn't ask to be here. But what your responsibility is is to make sure that they are a productive member of society. Focus on what's important and remember your bottom line. This has been a great show. This show flew by, and I'm so glad I said to be a part of it. We want all of you to come back next Monday because we're going to have our very special friend, Corey Borns, on with us talking about uh, different things, uh, but especially what him and Timmy are going to be doing uh, later this month, February 27th, in Memphis, Tennessee. So we hope that you'll join us next Monday because we, we are going to have another phenomenal show. So please join us. But until then, make sure you grab Dr. Coretta's book. Make sure you book her because what she's doing is so necessary. But until next Monday, please have a blessed week and have a good night. We'll see you next Monday, same time, same station. Good night, everybody.
It's like fighting with gravity And it's bringing me 